Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be. Thank you for tuning in to the Locker Talk on the Best of News Radio Network where you hear about NFL stars of tomorrow today. I am your host, Barry Barnes, founder and CEO of Locker-Support.com. And you guys can always reach out to me or follow me Follow me on any one of my social handles, whether it's on Twitter, at Locker underscore reports, on Instagram, Locker Report 100, all small cats, on Facebook, LockReport.com, and also LockerTalk Podcast on Facebook. But make sure you guys go to YouTube and follow the channel, LockerTalk Podcast, where you can check out this show, but in a video version. So make sure you guys go and subscribe today. And also, don't never, always, always, always go to the Bachelor News Radio Network.com, where you can listen to this show anytime you want to, 24 hours a day. Seven days a week, you will not be disappointed, especially if you love football the way I do now. I can find too many people who love it as much as I do outside of guys that actually play the game. However, if you, do, if you love your football and you want to get some more inside stuff, make sure you guys go to uh, locker-support.com and also check out the show on bachelornewsradionetwork.com. All right. Hope everyone is doing well. It's starting to feel nice. Summer is really finally here. So some places around this country is like really hot, and some places around this country is just, just hot. But no matter what. Everywhere around this country is definitely hot, and this is my favorite time of the year when it's hot. You know, so really excited, really excited for where the season is right now, knowing that things starting to get a little better out there um, with um, everyone, hopefully everyone's family, and everyone is doing well and still being remaining safe and still doing what they have to do to make sure that others around them are safe. So that's good news there as we progress in together, together as a country to try to get things back to somewhat normal. I don't think everything's going to go back to normal, but at least we will have some normalcy. And the best thing about it is that we have fans in the stands. So I'm really looking forward to seeing, you know, these NFL stadiums being packed um, this year. I can't wait for the Hall of Fame um, ceremony. I will be there for the Hall of Fame game and the Hall of Fame ceremony. So that will be, you know, first glimpse of being in the stadium with NFL fans. So I'm really excited you know, to be there to see when the Dallas Cowboys play the Pittsburgh Steelers in Canton, Ohio, for the Hall of Fame game. It's definitely going to be something different there because instead of just having seven Hall of Famers being inducted in, they're going to have the players from last year that was not inducted due to COVID-19. Everyone is going to be inducted this year. So I'm looking at it's going to be about like 20 guys. So definitely going to have a lot of coffee. I hope there's a, yeah, there's a Dunkin' Donuts right there on the corner right before you get into, uh, right before you go into the high school where the game is being played at. So I, I definitely will be lit up on a whole lot of coffee, making sure I need that weekend. So I make sure I'm staying alert and awake. So I'm excited about that. So now talking about, the players, and this whole show is definitely predicated about the NFL Regional Combine platform. And that's the, the main reason why I definitely would be at the game because of both sides for the Steelers and for the Dallas Cowboys. They had players from the NFL Regional Combine on there. So I'm really looking forward to seeing those guys, you know, talking to those guys, getting, you know, getting a sense of their career. You know, I've been following them and everything. So I'm really excited, you know, about, you know, catching up to those guys and, 
you know, getting those one-on-ones to bring back, um, you bring back to everyone my exclusive stories uh, for these guys. So I'm really excited, you know, about that. So I can be, come back and share this information with you great people now. Speaking of the NFL Regional Combine now, last week's show we focused heavy on the HBCU and pretty much, you know, really got into the issues that we have with um, with the, the lack, I would say, visibility for the NFL Regional Combine, I mean, for the HBCU players that's currently in the NFL um, as of June the 1st. And I know I only check, you know, at least once a, you know, once a month to follow rosters especially not just for the HBCU, but also for the regional. But in this case with the HBCU, going back to June the 1st, there was only 38 players that are currently in the NFL where there's over 1,700. Well, let's make it a little over 1,800 because each player normally have, they pretty much have about 90 uh, players on their squads right now um, on an average because right now training camp about to start soon before they made their cuts. But you're looking at at least 1,800 players and only 38 of those players off of HBCU um, platforms. And when you hear that number, the first thing you think about is that the NFL is doing a horrible job in trying to get those players in the league. And it's really not. It's really not. You know, there's some, there's some blame you can point, you know, especially with, you know, very little, you know, as far as with, you know, the will and the want, you know, um, because of it. But the league is in a position for that because of what the HBCU institutions are not doing. And we broke that down last week, so make sure you guys go and check check that out. Um, also, the article is posted on locker-port.com, you know, about the issues that the HBCU institutions, the things they are not doing to put their players in position to be able, and this is across all sports, HBCU, HBCU so they're not putting their student athletes in position to become professionals in the area of sports. And I understand the focus for the institutions is to show how uh, they can prove to white America that, you know, we as African-Americans can be elite in business, can be elite in medicine, can be elite in engineering, can be um, elite in any other field outside the, 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 the turf or the hardwood. And I, get, and, I, and I understand that. But if they want to be competitive, instead of crying the victim or trying to point the blame, you know, trying to make it seem like that there's others, and you know, have the talent there, and nobody want to give us a chance. You know, that's uh, a bunch of crap, um, in my opinion. And they have to do their their job in investing into their players, so that these leagues can really see that y'all guys putting the effort into it. Y'all guys want to try to make things better. Okay, we want to start taking you guys serious. Right now, no one's taking them serious, and it's because of the institutions, not for the leagues, and in particular the NFL. But that's what we had talked about last week. Now, this week, we're going to jump into something much nicer. We're going to talk about my regional combine, guys. You know, that's what this whole show is strengthened on, on the regional combine. And when we last talked about the players, we talked about the great years these guys had had, and when we talked about the free agency. And the free agency period is still going on. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't stop. Players, teams can sign any players during the course of this year until the end of the playing season. Um, well, well, my fault to the beginning of the postseason. So players, so teams still can bring players in. And at first we were sitting on 15 regional combine players that need to get re-signed. Now we just begin make that total up to 16 because finally we got a man, Nick Mullins, who finally signed with a squad. Now Nick Mullins was the backup 
for Jimmy Garoppolo with San Francisco 49ers for the past three seasons. And coming from the platform, coming through the NFL Regional Combine platform uh, in 2017, coming from uh, uh, Southern Mississippi, really showed out in his workouts in New Orleans. I was there. You know, definitely this young man is 100% dedicated to the game. He wants to win. And when he finally got his shot, going to the San Francisco 49ers, knowing that Jimmy Garoppolo was coming there, knowing that his chances of him still sitting in the background were, were still going to be imminent, and we knew that was going to happen. But he did have to fight for to be the number two going up against C.J. Beathard and pretty much show that he's a better quarterback than um, uh, C.J. Beathard. And that's why he was pretty much – that's why he was a backup to Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, he didn't start off like that. You know, C.J. Beathard, his father, who – a long-time NFL guy, coach, analyst, everything. You know, C.J. pretty much, based off his father's name, to be honest with you, and plus he was drafted in the sixth round. You know, he got that niche, you know, you know that, you know, I would say he got that situation where he got that niche to, to actually calipope himself over Nick Mellons in the very beginning because C.J. was the backup quarterback going into 2018. You know, so he was the backup, but Nick Mellons outplayed him and Nick Mullins became the main backup guy. Now, Nick Mullins, you know, with his time there with the San Francisco 49ers, he definitely had, I would say, you know, um, a rocky role. Um, I would say in situations where he was on the field, he really showed that he can be that guy. Or better yet, the best thing is he showed that he can play in the NFL, most importantly. He is truly an NFL quarterback, and he showed that. He's actually made history as the first quarterback from – the NFL regional combine that actually has started the NFL game. He had a lot of firsts because when we look at the quarterback position and when we talk about quarterbacks that go through the NFL regional combine, that's the toughest position to truly evaluate because they are thrown to players who they just met that day. So there's no continuity between the pass catchers that are there. And so a lot of times you may, we may have had decent quarterbacks that came through the platform but with them throwing the ball to players who they never threw the ball to, don't really have no rhythm, a lot of times these receivers did, you know, the, receive, the pass catchers made them look bad. Now, there was some quarter, now, majority of the quarterbacks that was there, you know, they was really, you know, not definitely not NFL worthy, even with not having, you know, um, a, a chemistry with their pass catchers. But every once in a while, you'll come across some that was there that, you know, may have something, but those pass catchers were just dropping the ball. But one of the things that Nick Mullins had did in the very beginning, along with a guy named Will Alton, who's up in the Canadian League now, soon I would say will be making that break to the NFL. These quarterbacks force these pass catchers. Willie Magoo, another uh, backup quarterback now with the Houston Texans. These quarterbacks are good enough that they force those players to adjust to their skill set instead of the, the quarterbacks trying to adjust to the pass catcher. Um, skill set, which may cause a lot of quarterbacks not to make it to the next step. But Nick Mullins was one of the first guys. He was the first guys that dictated how they were going to play, you know, how they were going to catch that ball that day. And he had a great workout, got you in the NFL, did very well, doing, doing very well with the San Francisco 49ers. Now, last year with the, with the 49ers, you know, he did finish with 65% of his passes out of 326 attempts. He completed 211 of those passes, racked up um, 2,437 yards, but he threw 12 touchdowns and also 12 interceptions. Now, we followed the 49ers for the past couple of years. We recognize that they've been banged up 
and Jimmy never, I mean, Nick never had a full cast of talented players around him on the offense side of the ball. And so that was also another thing. Now, also on the defense side of the ball, they had a lot of injuries over there too. So he played with, you know, with some ones, but mainly with a lot of twos. Especially, and also on that offensive line, not having a lot of time and not making excuses, but this was the reality. So there were things that he was up against that he could not get away from. So with that being said, we knew coming into this season that he probably had to find, you know, another spot elsewhere. The 49ers didn't want to bring him back on, but the Philadelphia Eagles did. So the Philadelphia Eagles had brought in this, um, this veteran quarterback, which is a great thing. Um, you listen to Locker Talk on the Bachelor News Radio Network where you hear about NFL stars of tomorrow today. I'm your host, Barry Barnes, founder and CEO of Locker-Report.com. Now, Nick Mullins signed with the Philadelphia Eagles on a one-year deal. Now, this is going to be very interesting. The Philadelphia Eagles had already signed uh, Super, um, Super Bowl MVP Joe Flacco uh, to a one-year deal to back up Jalen Hurts. Now, Nick comes there on a one-year deal. Terms of, this, of his contract was not disclosed. So he signed a one-year deal with the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, what that says is that the open competition that their head coach, I'm not even going to try to mention his last name. I'll mess it up. But their head coach want, want to make it clear that they're going to have in competition. Now, we know that Jalen Hurts is locked in as the starting quarterback, you know, with them trading away constant wins. Now, the Carson Wentz, that show right there that they are totally in on Jalen Hurts, at least for right now. But, however, to make sure that he's in the right position, learning from the right guys, you want to make sure they have a veteran quarterback behind them. So that's why they brought in Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco, my, my days are covering the uh, Baltimore Ravens, a great guy, great teacher. I know he has no problem with sharing with Jalen and give him that extra eye. So Joe Flacco definitely come how to be guarded as a solid backup. Now Nick Mullins come along. Now this is going to be an open competition to see if Joe Flacco is going to be locked in for the backup position for Jalen Hurts. So it's going to be really interesting to seeing how Nick is going to push Joe and how he's going to push Jalen Hurts. Now Nick is a fireball. Nick is not coming to the Philadelphia Eagles to be a backup, although he knows he's going to be a backup. But he's coming into a situation where if Jalen Hurts don't work out or Joe Flacco don't work out, Nick may have a chance, assuming if he make this team. It's going to be very, very interesting for the quarterback position, for the Philadelphia Eagles moving forward. So this is one of those off-seasons to watch out for, especially if you're looking to see some kind of change or if you're looking to see what may happen with a quarterback situation. The Philadelphia Eagles situation is going to be very, very interesting to see. Like, again, again, we know that Jalen Hurts is locked in, but it's going to be really interesting seeing what Nick Mullins is going to do uh, to push Joe Flacco to see if he can hold on to the backup position. You listen to Locker Talk on the Bachelor News Radio Network where you hear about NFL stars of tomorrow today. I'm your host, Barry Barnes, founder and CEO of Locker-Report.com. Now, today, guys, make sure you guys stay locked in on BachelorNewsRadioNetwork.com as we will feature album. Friday, yes. Uh, we're going to feature album Friday. We're going to feature an uh, artist. So we're going to feature 30 minutes of a particular artist's songs. This week's feature is the artist that we know as Joe. Joe's going to be the featured artist for feature album Friday. So he's going to be our focus of our artist that's going to play. So we're going to make sure we listen to Joe today, later on today at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Bachelor News Radio 
www.airtime.pro. So make sure you guys tune in and also stay locked into this show, I mean, to this network at the Locker Dash Report, uh, at, the, um, at the Locker Talk is over because you want to make sure you stay with a dose of a dime show with Yanni Knotts. Make sure you stay with this locked in, following Locker Talk. Um, on the Best News Radio Network, as we give, as she give a dose of reality about love, life, and drama from DJ Don's perspective. So make sure you guys stay locked in on the Best News Radio Network dot com. Now, we talked about Nick Mullins, the 16th player from the 16th player who came through the NFL Reason Combine, who signed with the team, signed with the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, still waiting for my man Austin Ritter to sign with someone. There's, there's been, you know, there's not a lot of teams, surprisingly. Surprisingly, knowing that he was on the Kansas City Chiefs for the last two seasons, a durable center that know how to play the game. You know, it's really going to be interesting seeing where he's going to land. I'm surprised that he's still out there as a free agent, but someone is going to get him in there before training camp starts for the NFL. Now, when we move forward, now next week is going to be um, interesting. Um, next week will be the NFL uh, officiating clinic. So I know I'll be with those guys for the weekend getting all the information about officiating going forward into the 2021 season. So that's going to be very, I would say, nice, a very nice long weekend of meetings that I know I've had the privilege to sit in on. So I'm looking forward to that and then bring you guys information about officiating. But we will eventually talk about the top ten players. Now, the NFL has what they call the NFL Network, the top 100 players that's voted by their peers, which is a great show. I look forward to see what NFL players, who they look at as being the top players in the league. So I'm always looking forward to seeing where they're going to have Tom Brady at, I mean, uh, finish at. He should finish at number one. I know he's not, but he should be finishing at number one. i got to stop talking about Tom Brady because LA is going to pull the cord and I will never be able to come on the show again. But I just said my point. Everybody got my heart. But I love the way how the players really put out you know, their um, points of who are the top 100 players. But here at LockerDashReport.com, we talk about the top 10. We don't have 100 players in there yet with the NFL Regional Combine, but we will recognize the top 10 players who came through the uh, platform that did very, very well in 2020 season. And I've talked talked about these guys all season long, so you guys probably have an idea of what, what players who I will mention in the top 10. But, don't know the order, who's going to be the 10th player and who's going to be the number one dude from the NFL Regional Combine that excelled and kicked butt in 2020. So I'm looking forward to giving y'all guys the information. But today we're going to talk about, you know, I would say honorable dimensions. We're going to talk about some players that did not make the top 10. However, they still had themselves a solid year in 2020. You know, we had, um, believe it or not, had some decent rookies you know, this year that had made, you know, um, I would say honorable dimension. You know, they're, I would say on the outside of the 10 that did really good this year, really, really looking forward to seeing what these guys are going to do down the road. A lot of promise, especially on the defense side of the ball. And one thing I will say, one spoiler I will say, is that on the offensive side, I mean, on yeah, for the top 10, we will have a rookie. The first time we will have a rookie that will that will actually make his name known on the top ten. I've been doing this now for the past, what, um, three years of recognizing the top ten players who came through the NFL Regional Combine that had solid years. So that so he's, he's going to be the first rookie to do so. So I'm really looking forward to um, breaking that down and really getting into that 
when we start to talk about the top ten players. So a rookie did get in there, but we definitely going to start with the players. I would say that just 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 missed out on the top ten of the NFL Regional Combine's top ten players for the 2020 season. Now, Quentin Dunbar, Quentin Dunbar, cornerback, came from the Washington Redskins. Actually, was a wide receiver um, when he was in college at the University of Florida. But he wound up going to the Washington football team where he was converted over to become a defensive back, a cornerback. Great length, good hands, shown a lot of promise. Um, the year before, he signed Atha and traded to the Seattle Seahawks. He was there for the Seattle Seahawks uh, for now going on. Um, he was with the Seattle Seahawks for the last two seasons. Banged up season. But he did have a decent season before he got injured again. Now, we know that he signed a one-year deal with the Detroit Lions, but last year he did finish with 30 tackles and an interception, an interception that he actually got against the New England Patriots. So out of six starts, he did finish with 30 tackles and an interception. was really looking forward to seeing how him and Jamal Adams was going to gel that season. But we didn't get that chance. Now he's with the Detroit Lions. Let's see what he will do for the 2021 season. Chris Banjo, another cornerback, cornerback for the Arizona Cardinals. Now, Chris Banjo, for his entire career, even dating back to the times when he was with the Green Bay Packers, a solid, solid, bona fide special teams ace, really showing what he can do to showcase his talent as a special teamer to really get some playing time on the, on the, on the playing field. After leaving the Packers, he went to the Saints, and then he wound up with the Cardinals. He signed another one-year um, um, deal with the Cardinals. But last year was pretty much his best year as a pro. Career season, when he finished with 48 tackles and three interceptions, he also had four starts this year. He also, in defensive snaps, he played in 436 defensive snaps, again, the most of his career. And on special teams, he played in 175 um, snaps with special teams. So he definitely had himself a solid year. Looking forward to seeing what he's going to do for the 2021 season. And then hopefully after this season, he'll sign for more money, more than just a one-year deal. Although we'll take that. He's still making out, still making a good living for his family, providing for his family as an NFL player. But we just want to see him get break the bank eventually really soon. So I'm really looking forward to that. Now, another player, now, he did not get a lot of playing time. And I don't really see him getting a lot of playing time in Baltimore. But if something was to happen to Lamar Jackson, the Ravens will be in good hands with this backup quarterback, Tyler Huntley. Tyler Huntley played sparingly last year, but he did combine with making history for the NFL Regional Combine platform as in week 15 of last year. He and Nick Mullins, for the first time, they had two quarterbacks from the NFL Regional Combine to be able to play in the regular season contest. So that was history that he had contributed to. And also, we know what he did when he got his first time he got on the field, when he played against the Jacksonville Jaguars, when he made his debut in Week 15. We saw what he was able to do when he had to step in and fill in for Lamar Jackson when they played against the Buffalo Bills in the divisional round of the AFC playoffs. Now, you know about my gripe. You know how I actually um, uh, pissed a fit about what happened in that game, knowing that Hollywood Brown, especially on this run route, that he did not run or come out his snap off his breaks quick enough 
where it made my man look bad on the pass, where there could have really been a touchdown and no telling what the outcome of that game would have been. But Tyler Huntley, who just like Lamar Jackson, not as fast, but still quick, great with his legs, but he can throw the ball better than Lamar Jackson. I have said that many a times, and I'll stick with my guns on that. He had himself a decent season last year, and so he actually made his name, had his name on his list for players that just missed out on the top ten. I would say if there was a 20, he'd be more closer to 20 or the mid, uh, mid-team, but he still on a, he got, he got his name on his list because he did a solid, solid job for the Baltimore Ravens when his number was called. Now, Doug Carson, Doug Carson, he's actually a defensive end, I mean a defensive tackle for the Jacksonville Jaguars, one of those many rookies that had a solid year in 2020. He actually compiled 32 tackles in nine starts for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So he had himself a solid rookie season last year, and then he was accompanied by Briverton Roy, who was also a defensive tackle rookie for the Carolina Panthers. He himself, he had nine starts, and he finished with 29 tackles, but he also had a sack, his first career sack that he had last year. So these two guys are shown, showing that they can be legitimate pieces for these NFL teams, for their teams, for the Jacksonville Jaguars, who's retooling their defensive line. And then you see Brevin Roy, who's really showing his skill set with another Carolina Panthers team that's starting to really take things off and rebuilding their defensive front. So we're looking forward to seeing what these guys can do as they continue to contribute, uh, as they will look to contribute down the road. Now, another player, another rookie that had a standout season was Mike Dana. Now, you heard me talk about Mike Dana during the course of this season, and you will probably say that, okay, he could have been one of those guys that would have finished in the top ten for NFL regional combine players for the 2020 season. But if he was numbered, I would make him like number 11. He was like right there, linebacker for the Kansas City Chiefs, close, close in earning a Super Bowl, Super Bowl ring in his rookie season. But he still had a solid debut. Unlike Brereton Roy and Douglas Carson, he only had one start. But he finished the season with 25 tackles, and he also finished including um, two and a half sacks. What made Mike Dana so special was that for him to come out, he did not come into the game based off someone being injured. It was one of those situations where Steve Spagnuolo, who's the defensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, recognized that they had to get this talented hybrid linebacker on the field. He played on, on special teams, but he just knew he had to find a way to get him on there because from point A, from being either the middle, the Mike linebacker, or weak side linebacker, he had the speed to get into the backfield like no other. He's one of those guys that his speed – now, I'm not saying that he's like an Isaiah Simmons who's a linebacker for the Arizona Cardinals who came from the Clemson. Now, he's just a, a, a complete freak. But Mike Dana is not too far from him, but his skill set is about the same. Because he can make from point, uh, point A from where he's where he stay on the field to get to the quarterback and that was one of the things that, that Steve Baxter Spagnuolo wanted to take advantage of. And so that's why he... Hey, Mommy 
Reason Poppy, this is Yanni, your DJ and dance junkie with today's Dose of the Dime. We are on the Bachelor News Radio Network. The number here is 646-929-0130. And don't forget to hit up those message boards. I get to see some of the messages that you see, and we're going to actually answer some questions from that today. But I also wanted to tell you that I am found on all social media. That's uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram. Twitter, I don't do much on Twitter, but um, also on TikTok, and I'm also on YouTube. Don't do much on YouTube either, but I'm working on it. Hey. Okay, so I also have a Facebook group where we kind of pose questions and put memes there to kind of discuss and talk about. Um, it's called A Dose of the Dime Radio Show. You are welcome to join it. It is a public group. Uh, the only thing that I ask is that you don't come in and fight because I'm going to delete your post, and that's pretty much what it is, Okay. So on last week's show, we talked about toxic family members. So <laughs> with the summer comes all these wonderful holidays that we have going on. So we got like uh, 4th of July. For me, it was my birthday. So, you know, that was a public holiday and all of you should have celebrated and given rejoicing, you know, accolades to the young. But unfortunately, I know you did not. That's okay. You can do it next year. You got next year. It's okay. We got this. Okay. So, but there's also like, um, for us in Tulsa, it was the uh, 100-year centennial of, you know, the Greenwood Race Massacre and also Juneteenth, because Juneteenth is always a big thing in Tulsa, has always been a big thing in Tulsa. But anyway, so with those things come, family reunions, family gatherings, um, anytime family gets together, there's always going to be one person that everybody kind of avoids. And that's what it is that we talked about. One, how do you know who is a toxic family member and are you it? And, of course, too, how do you deal with the toxic family members? Because that's a big deal, okay? So what we did, we talked about how can you tell if they're bullying someone, if they're physically or verbally abusing someone, that's the problem, okay? We also talked about um, if they're selfish. Like, does, does everything have to be about them? Could you be telling a story about grandma, she bought groceries for five people, but what about what happened to me that day? That's a person that's toxic, okay? Also, somebody that manipulates the conversation to benefit them or to get somebody else into some drama. Those are toxic family members. And we also talked about how to deal with them, okay? So the first one, of course, is set your boundaries. Dictate when you talk to them. If you talk to them, if they, if you get left alone in a room with them, escort yourself out. Limit your time with them. And then, of course, in extreme circumstances, cut them off. Cut them off. And we talked about that. And we can, and if you want to, of course, the, the live is on this page, the A Dose of the Dime Radio Show page. So if you want to go back and listen to that, you can. Or you can listen to the rebroadcast. rebroadcast that's not okay. Uh, on the Bachelor News Radio Network. And I can make sure that I provide that link for you guys. So let's move on. We did have questions. And I was actually, hey, happy I got questions because that means I'm official. People are listening to me. Okay, so Jackie asked, very good question, how do you deal with a negative family member still in the house? And I also had one other person who will remain anonymous uh, also ask the same question, how do you deal with a toxic family member that's in the house? It's not like you can cut them off. Or what if you're dealing with a family member that's their immediate family member, like a parent or a child? And you can't cut them off. I mean, you can limit your time, but you can't cut them off. So what do you do? 
All right, first of all, accept reality. They are who they are. You know if they're toxic, this is what you're dealing with. You kind of got to move forward with that, okay? The second part of that is because they're family, we tend to try to repress our anger. That's not a good thing. And what I mean by that, we bite our tongue, we walk on eggshells, we don't want to get anything started, we feel guilty when they get upset. Stop doing that. Stop doing that. Especially if you can't help because of whatever reason or you won't help because of whatever reason. That's okay. All right? When you're dealing with a toxic family member, make sure that you take the time to speak up. And when you speak up, make sure that you are direct. This is what you're doing, bruh. And make sure that you are specific. Give specific examples, okay? If they are a person that gets combative, shut it down. Use an I statement. What is an I statement? Okay. I feel this, whatever it is. When you this, whatever it is. And it makes, you know, if you know what it is that you want them to do, because this happens, I need you to do this. Those are statements that put the blame on you. I feel this. When you do this, and you may not even know that you're doing it, so you kind of shift that blame back to you, and it kind of helps with the exception of if you're dealing with a narcissist. So say you're dealing with a narcissistic family member, okay, and they go, I feel hurt when you ignore me because I feel like you don't care. And a narcissistic person will go, I feel like you don't care. Well, you don't listen to me either. And then they'll bring up every I shot John moment that ever happened in your life. So please be careful when you know that your family member is a narcissistic person, like everything is about them, because they will bring that right back into your face like that, okay? So what about how do you shift that? Okay, so make the I feel angry when things don't get done in order the way that they're supposed to be done because it messes up the flow of things in our house. And what I need is for things to get done in order. See, I took the blame totally off of the family member. I now made it about what's going on in the house. You can do that too. Use the express, use the, the I statements. I feel blank when blank. And of course, if you're dealing with a narcissist, don't put what they did because they're going to get, they're going to lash back. And then, Tell them because why it is that you feel that way. And then ask them, hey, can you do this instead? Can you not do this? No, don't do that. Because you'll get Because they'll come. They'll ask back. <laughs> Sorry. All right. So most of us repress our anger because who it is, we want you to speak up. We want you to be uh, specific and alert. Use your I statements, okay? The other thing is I need you to understand that you cannot change what you cannot control. There's only one person in the world that you can control, and most of the time, some of us can't even control that person. It's ourselves. The only person you can control is yourself, okay? You cannot control what anybody else does, even your kids. You want to think that because you raised them, because you raised them a certain way, that they're going to follow that direction? No, not always. They choose to do what it is that they want to do based on whatever it is that they're thinking. We are not the only influence for our children. That's a reality check. That's a real reality check, okay? So because of that, I want you to understand that you should not be taking responsibility for their actions. Parents, children, whatever, it doesn't matter. Do not take responsibility for their actions. Because you raised them a certain way, because they went a different direction, does not mean that that is your fault. Now, unless you, now listen, 
obviously there's exceptions to the rule. If you lived at a crack house and you wonder why your kid did crack, obviously that's a problem. Surprise. But definitely if you did everything in your power that you knew at the time, remember that, because we don't know everything up front. So there's no handbook for parenting. But if you did everything that you thought was efficient for your child at the time and they still went a different direction, you cannot blame yourself for that. What you can do, mom, dad, set boundaries. Child, even with your parents, set boundaries. And even, and unfortunately, when you do set boundaries, people are going to push back because they feel like it's a negative thing. It's not a negative thing. It is you reclaiming your time. It is you reclaiming your space. It is you reclaiming your your sanity. I told one specific person, um, if your if the individual comes to your house, you set specific times as to when it is that they can come. And the answer at this time is yes. If you come at this time, the answer is no. Be specific. Set boundaries. Oh, they can always come to wash their clothes. That's fine. And if you want to help them, that's fine. As a parent, I get it. Trust me and believe. I get it. If you want someone to help someone, get specific boundaries. You may wash your clothes Saturday at 12 through Saturday at 8. During that time, you can wash your clothes all day long, between 12 and 8. But after that time, if you come to my house trying to wash your clothes, the answer is going to be no. And that's okay to say. It's absolutely okay to say. All right? Also, and of course, again, you're going to get pushed back. Let them know, because we are living together, because we are trying to uh, continue to remain family, these are the things that I need to make sure that you're okay. Because you don't want to set yourself up to be, to get, you know, sabotaged and you feel resentful. We don't want that. Okay. Limit time, control the meetings. If you have to limit time with them, if they're always crying, fighting, all of that, limit your time with them. I love you, but I'm going to go to my room. (laughs) I love you, but you got this. I'm going to go to my room. You got to learn how to say that. And that's okay. All right, so I had another question. Barbara asks, how do you help a family member that is getting negative vibes from a specific family member and they only seem to attack that one family member? Okay, listen. <clears throat> I'm never ever going to tell you. Ooh, that's kind of bad. <clears throat> I'm never going to tell you what to do. Only thing I'm going to do is give you options and then you decide what and, and give you pros and cons about those options. Okay, so let's let's be clear. The number one thing is you can imp- the one number one thing I would say is empower and support that victim family member. And what I mean by that is you talk to the person that you see being, you know, aggressed towards and say, hey, I can support you in going and talking to this individual. I see that this is going on. Let's go together. And that's the support part because you're not going to enable. You, want, you don't want to do it for them. You want to help them do it. So you, uh, let's go together, let's talk to this family member, and let's see what's going on. Fair enough? I think so. Okay, so when you do that, you take, one, the blame off of yourself, and then you also help this person to speak up for themselves. So it's a dual thing. I'm not going to ever tell you what to do. So the no- number two thing you can do is discuss it with other family members. I wouldn't because you're going to cause family drama, drama that probably wasn't there. And then they're going to come lash back at you. And then you can also address it yourself. Like, hey, I see you've always taken on a family member. 
now you're going to be included in the picking on, and it might even get worse for that individual. So make sure that when you're doing this, <laughs> that you have a clear idea of why, why it is you're doing, what it is you're going to do, and the possible lashback. Just say that. So remember, you can uh, reach us on 646-929-0130, or you can also hit us up on uh, the Facebook page, the Delta of the Dime Radio Show. Also, you can um, leave me a message on the chat room if you're on the online version. You can go to the event link and click that, bot, that button, and it'll bring you to the radio show. You can leave me some chats in there. If you have questions, I'm always open and receptive to any of that. If you have comments, let, holler at me, let me know, okay? So our um, <laughs> topic for today is toxic people. Listen, okay, I always open up the question on both the Facebook page and I also open it up on my Facebook page. And I don't know why everybody flocks to my Facebook page. That's fine. We'll, make, we'll, we'll continue to make it work. But let me tell you some of the stories on there. If you didn't know that there are toxic people in the world, if you think people are just making stuff up, you should go to my page or go to the link in the um, I go to the dime and read some of the stories. I mean, people are heartbroken, losing money, getting uh, criminal rap sheets based on people who may or may not even like or love them. Same. So how do we identify who is a toxic person? So before I do that, I did want to tell you about my radio station. Listen, I love my radio station. It is the Bachelor News Radio Network. And what they're doing on Fridays today as they're doing a feature album Friday. So what it is at 5 o'clock, and that's Pacific, not Pacific, Eastern Standard Time. They're going to play Cameo. And then on at 6 o'clock, of course, our time, Central Standard Time, they're going to play Cameo, and they're going to vibe it out, and it's free. They're just going to focus on this one artist, and they're going to play records, and it's going to be cool. So if you wanted to look that up, that is um, on the Bachelor News Air Time, the Air the Bachelor News dot airtime dot pro. Boy, I swear to God, English is my first language. I promise. All right, so it's the Bachelor, and the Bachelor is spelled with a T. B A T C H L E L O R News dot airtime dot pro. Okay, so I hope you guys tune into that. Also, listen, they're doing love songs on weeknights every weeknight except for uh, except for Saturday, eight p.m. to midnight. So that's that quiet storm. You like the quiet storm, I like the quiet storm. So you guys should tune in and kind of see what that's about. And maybe, put, you know, set the mood in the house, start dim the lights, make it lovely, even if it's just you and yourself. Okay, so let's talk about it. Toxic people. What is it about toxic people? Now, this is going to cover general relationships, and I don't just mean love relationships. I'm talking um, most relationships, your work, your coworkers, your friends. Um, most of the relationships. So they're similar. The signs for toxic people are similar to red flags, okay? So in all people, so that we're clear, because we talked about toxic um, family members last week, a lot of my friends were like, oh, my God, I, I might be the toxic person. We all have some toxic traits. And I'll, I'll, I'll wave my hand at mine, you know, it is what it is. That is where your shadow work comes in when you start to work on yourself and t try to, you know, eliminate some of the things that you have going on for you, okay? So do know that if you hear yourself in, this, in these signs, it doesn't mean that you're toxic. Now, if you're doing it on purpose and you know you're doing it on purpose, then, yeah, 
It might be you. It might be you. You might be the sacrifice of God. I can't, I can't help you with that. You just got to do your shadow work and work on it, okay? First thing that you want to know is that um, lies, lies, little white lies being, con- you know, little white lies are, and I, won't, I don't want to say they're okay, but it's when somebody is consistent with their white lies, okay? So when they're consistent with their white lies, then you want to take notice of that, okay? Go ahead and um, if you're you're talking to them and they're always lying, that's something that you want to take notice. Another thing that you want to take notice of is they always need validation. So what does that mean? Validation means everything is an attack. Everything comes back to, well, what am am I doing it wrong or am I okay? What, What can I do? How can I fix this? Everything sounds like an attack. Right? So you want to be careful of those people because those people will continue to feel like they're being bullied and victim, and then they'll blame you. Anytime you deal with those people, especially coworkers, you want to have another person with you. Just saying. CYOA or CYOB, however you get down. All right. So when they're uncomfortable with your success, there are friends and family might be slightly uncomfortable with your success, okay? And when that happens, you want to just um, allow them to uh, go with what it is that they're feeling and let them tell on themselves, because they will. If you notice when they're happier, if you fail, if they are happier when you fail, you know that they're a toxic person, Okay. Another thing is that if they get bothered by your independence, if you are growing and you got a, you didn't have a car, now you have a car, and they, they get bothered by that, that's a toxic person. Anytime that you win and they get bothered by that, that's a toxic person. So another person, another thing you want to look out for is someone that isolates. What does that mean? So do they cause drama in your job? Do they cause drama with other people? If you tell them something and they go back and they – mangle it so that you get in trouble, that's a toxic person, okay? And you want to watch, again, when you deal with people that lie all the time or deal with people that always need validation or you deal with these types of people, especially in your job, you always want to bring somebody with you when you have a conversation with them, okay? So, that being said, anger issues blow up, even if it turns if it's not directed at you, even if it's not directed at you, even if it's on your behalf, even if Somebody messed up something, like a waiter spilled something on you, and they blow up on the waiter. Even if it's on your behalf, anger issues are something that you want to be wary of, simply because how long will it be before they lash out at you? And then what will you do? Because with those types of anger issues, and of course we don't mean every now and again, we mean consistent. We mean consistent moodiness. I mean, you, you know, walking on eggshells because you don't know what's going to set them off. That is scary and not safe, and you want to make sure that you feel safe. That's the thing that you always want to make sure that you are, are delving in, is making sure that you feel safe, okay? So this is the one that I'm guilty of, that is sarcasm. I am the queen of sarcasm. Sarcasm is a huge thing for me. And snarky humor. Now, for snarky humor, like, disparaging comments, like, hmm, that's what she gets. That's hiding judgment. For me, 
My sarcasm normally hides my emotions. So I can be sarcastic. It's normally because I'm hiding my emotions, okay? Uh, watch out for overly opinionated people. When you hear somebody say, like, I was watching an anime with my child the other day, and we, um, it was a war anime, and in the anime, a child was captured, and we were like, oh, my God, they're doing this to children. And my son goes, yep, they're in a war. Bruh, no. Anyone who says people deserve a treatment or a behavior based on a situational circumstance, you want to watch out for them because they tend to have black, not that my son's toxic, don't come for me, my baby is fine. I love my baby. But they tend to have black and white thinking, right or wrong, black or white, there is no gray shade. So with that being said, you will not agree with everything that they say. And if you don't agree, guess what? You are wrong. Black and white thinking. And so then you become the butt of the joke. And we don't want that, Right. Okay. So manipulation, this is something that I kind of uh, delved into, a Dr. Trace, uh, Tracy Marks on YouTube. She has a channel, and you should check it out. It's pretty cool. Um, she talks about the if you, then you would statement. Those are manipulation statements. If you love me, then you would drive to see me. I mean, it could start out as innocent as that, but if you love me, then you'll go to the store for me. Or if you love me, you'll buy me this. Or if you love me, you'll cut them off. Those types of things can be abusive, can be abusive, okay? So another way that they can um, manipulate you is continuing to ask the same thing over and over and over again. So what do I mean by that? Say there's a party and you say you don't want to go. You don't want to go for whatever reason. And they say, okay, well, why don't you want to go? Well, you know, I got to study that. Girl, you'll be all right. Go ahead and come on. We'll, we'll, you can study later. And he's like, no, I'm not going to go. And then they ask you, well, why? Well, because I really don't like those people. They're not really my type. Girl, they're fine. They love you. If they continue to not accept where it is that you are standing, even though the things that you are saying are valid. Now, obviously, not everything is going to be valid. But if where you're standing is valid and they're not accepting that, then that's somebody that you want to look out for. They're trying to manipulate you into doing something that you don't want to do. I mean, old school peer pressure, if, the, if anything else, old school peer pressure. So that's something that you really want to think about when you're dealing with your friends. If they can't accept your no for whatever reason that that is, you probably need to start looking at, you know, why that is. What is it that they have to gain out of bringing you to the situation? Okay. So, Self-centered people, self-centered people kind of give more than they take. I'm sorry. They take more than they give. What does that mean? Okay, so are you always the one listening to them? Are you always the one giving them advice? Are you always the one that's there for them and they're never there for you? Like if you start, girl, I got this pump. Oh, girl, I got to go. Or your boy, hey, I want to go, you know, I really need you, God, can I come by? I need to talk to you about the situation. Nah, man, I got, we watching the game. If you give and they take and you never see anything coming back, that's a friendship that you want to put into question. And the same thing with coworkership and definitely the same things with, with, with relationships, especially when it comes to gifts and um, paying tabs. If you're always the one paying the tab. That's definitely something that you want to look out for. If you are always 
always the one um, spotting them five for whatever reason, for the vending machine or whatever. That's something you want to look out for because, mm, yeah, they might be using you. So the last one, I well, the last is not the last one. This is just one that I normally utilize because it's important, and I think people really need to know about it. It's the love bombing. Love bombing. What is that? Narcissists normally use love bombing, and they can utilize it. And um, definitely in work relationships and also in um, um, your romantic relationships, specifically, and well, in your friendships too, specifically in your romantic relationships and how that works is they continue to give you love, presence, extensive trips, definitely clothes, definitely food, definitely, and they compile it up. And I'm not just a... Please understand, when I talk about love bombing, this is not just on women. This is men, too. If you have that woman that kind of somehow fit into your niche and you didn't, I mean, you talk to her, but she fit into your niche and all of a sudden there's love on top of love on top of love on top of love on top of love. And so you're, like, enamored with this person um, and you can't stop thinking about them. And then all of a sudden they quit, they stop, you don't hear from them, you don't see them. That's called love bombing. They do that to get you hooked. And once you're hooked, once they know that you're hooked, there's no breadcrumbing. Now, what breadcrumbing is, is they'll give you a little bit of dose of this, a little bit of dose of that, a little bit of dose of love, a little bit of dose, oh, and then you'll not hear from them again. Every time, it'll be less attention. Every time, it'll be less attention until they give you scrap, and you'll be happy for it. Okay. Looks like I got a question on the line. Let me see if I can answer this real quick. It says, how does she deal with, okay, so Iris in the chat says, how does she deal with her husband when he begins to get toxic? It makes her very uncomfortable. Um, the first thing that I would do is, is be honest and be real and say, hey, what you're doing right now, when you talk to me this way, or actually, let's make it an I statement. I feel threatened. I feel unsafe. I feel in love when you talk to me in this manner because my father hurt me or because I don't feel safe or because whatever your because is, you give them the reason. And then you say, let's talk this way. I have to tell people, especially my new kids, may, when you have new relationships, make your argument boundaries. You guys have to have rules for when you argue or when um, somebody makes, you know, makes you feel uncomfortable. You have to have rules. Otherwise, yeah, definitely um, you're going to get railroaded. So I had another question. Renee in Miami said that she knew a narcissist and she said she just ignored them. And it was her boyfriend and she just found a quiet place to, to avoid the outside of abuse. That is good if that pacifies them, but eventually abusive people tend to grow in their types of abuse, um, once they see that they have gotten control of you, again, when we talked about the love, I mean, once they figure out that they got you, they withdraw. And narcissists normally are not just, you might have a toxic person versus a narcissist, because a narcissist will not just be okay with you avoiding them. They will come after you. That's a difference. And we'll talk about narcissists and narcissism on the next show. So you, please tune in for that, uh, Renee. Um, and if you have any more questions, please hit me up with that, okay? So I wanted to definitely 
with the love bombing, make sure that you are aware of that. And let's talk about Feature Album Friday today at 5 o'clock. And that's Eastern Standard Time. And it's only 30 minutes. So here in um, Tulsa, it's going to be 6 o'clock. So if you're listening here, that's where it's going to be. And it's on the Bachelor News dot airtime.pro, okay? And, of course, the feature artist this, this um, week is going to be Cameo. Also, um, there will be love songs every weeknight, quest, or on type of show. Um, 8 p.m. to midnight. Hmm. Every night but Saturday. So I am the DJ Dime, and I hope that you enjoyed the show. Uh, please join me on my Facebook group if you want to. Um, otherwise, tune in same time, same place next week, and we will talk about narcissists. Have a wonderful day, guys. Tuning in to the Bachelor News Radio Network. Bye. Sometimes we fall.